So welcome to the show. I'm David Speed. I'm Adam Brazier. And this is Creative Rebels. Uh, it's a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. We started our first company, Graffiti Life, in a small garage. Yeah, it wasn't easy. But we built the company up to the stage where now we're regularly working with brands like Disney and Nike. And we've been lucky enough to make art all over the world. On this podcast, we interview successful creators. Their advice will enable you to take action and turn your passion into a career. There's literally been no better time in history to make a career from being creative. So many people are going to tell you that you can't do it, but we're here to tell you that you definitely can. Right, let's do a podcast. Hey Rebels. Welcome back guys. Welcome back to the show. So this week's been an incredible week. The the momentum of the podcast seems to, I don't know, just shot out of nowhere. Yeah, it's really picking up. Like just looking at the charts, it's consistently growing every week now. It's like really exciting. Thank you for listening. Um, if you're a new listener, then welcome. Thank you to everyone who's leaving reviews. Honestly, the reviews really, really help. And when I look at other podcasts that have been going for a long time and that have huge audiences, but they have less reviews than we have. So we really, really appreciate you. Yeah, taking. we're definitely growing a good, good little tribe behind us here. This is so cool. Got a lot of emails this week. As usual, I guess what we can do in this intro every week is is kind of pick up on things that we're feeling that the community are, are kind of worrying about. Yeah, or asking for. Yeah. We got a message from someone who was in a chicken and egg situation. How do I get a job with a new employer when I don't have enough experience, but I can't get the experience because I don't have the experience? Yeah, I think it wasn't just getting a new job, but it was more... I want to change what I'm doing a bit. So I'm currently working in this industry, but want to move over to this industry, but don't have the experience to do that. Yeah. What can I do? It's not necessarily just going to start your own business. It's finding a career you're happy and passionate to work in. Yeah. Because that is difficult, isn't it? Moving over into another industry when you don't have any experience in that industry. Yeah, absolutely. If say, if you work in finance and you want to go into marketing, this marketing company is going to look at you and be like, well, you haven't got any experience in this. Like, unless you go right back down to junior level, it's really hard to move over, especially if you've got monetary restraints in your life. You can't maybe afford to drop down to a junior level and you need to move across. So when you're working for a company, you're at work for X amount of time, you're there from nine till five typically. Mm -hmm. But then after 5 p.m., once you've had your dinner, then you've got from seven, eight o'clock till the time you go to bed yeah. to be gaining experience in, in another industry. Mm. Um, but how do you get those first kind of steps on the ladder? I think to start with, it's just learning that new skill and finding where to learn what you need to do. Like if you want to get into marketing, where can you learn marketing? Like there's loads of books out there, kind of written books, audio books, there's lots of podcasts out there, like YouTube. Like to me, YouTube's been the biggest educational tool in my life like everything I've ever learned has been from the internet and from YouTube more than school yeah absolutely uh, especially with what I'm doing now anything I've ever had an interest in I haven't like if I'm interested in photography or I'm interested in 3d design someone at school's not going to teach me that unless I take a year-long course whereas I can learn on YouTube at my own pace I can find people who are actually at the top of their field like teachers are great and fully respect everyone who's a teacher but they're not the best in the world at that. Like if, you're a, if your history teacher isn't the most knowledgeable person in the world of history, but you can go on YouTube and learn from people who are absolutely smashing it, absolutely top of their field, and they're giving away content for free. Yeah, everything is on Google, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing that it, it comes down to. A lot of people have asked us, how did you launch your podcast to number one? 
you can Google how to launch a number one podcast. Yeah. What the, the hard thing is, is the mindset and is getting over. And we talk about this in the, in the episode with, with Alex, but that's coming up, but what it's really about is getting over, over your own hurdles. Mm -hmm. So in order to, so, so let's say you go online, you learn everything you can about marketing, you read some books and you're in the stage of, of now you're ready to go into that field, but then you have to get someone to take a chance on you. Yeah. You need that level of experience. Then that just comes down to sales, selling yourself. You've just got to convince someone this is my first project, but here's why I'm going to be good at it. Because I know all of this about marketing, um, apply where you've used marketing in, in your own life. Like if we're using marketing as the, as the topic, it's basically about convincing that first client, isn't it? Because yeah, and everything I think starts with the first client. To find someone who you can go to, like if you can find a small business who doesn't have anyone who does marketing because they're small and say to them, I'll do your marketing for free just to get some experience in it because to start with you're not going to know what you're doing like you're going to have read stuff but actually putting that into practice is is a bit of a different thing so in your free time help out someone like if you've got a friend who's starting something just offer to do their marketing for them get that experience doing that yeah i mean start with your friends is is key i think it's i mean when we were when we were first setting up graffiti life we just we just went and painted places and we did it for free because we were building a portfolio mm. and then we because people don't need to know that you've done it for free we would then take those photos and then once we had that portfolio we would then take that around to anyone and everyone we couldn't just show it to them and just say give us a chance yeah here's other people that have given us a chance and and then you just grow from there and it's just that that slow yeah. building process i think it's a perfect example of just fake it till you make it just keep doing it, keep putting yourself out there. And then eventually you'll believe that you can do it. And as soon as you've hit that moment, then you can sell yourself to an employer. I, th I think that when you start doing whatever it is that's new, you're in this new world and it's kind of scary. And what a problem is for a lot of people is that they have this kind of block because there's so much that you could do. So it's learning what to do first because there's so many choices to take. Yeah. And so it's working out what your clear first step is. And I think your, your clear first step is building a portfolio of work, be it free or paid or otherwise, finding, finding your first clients and then using that to leverage your next clients. Yeah. Every day is a stepping stone. Like every bit of time you can allocate to learning this new thing is great. And I think that segues really nicely onto today's guest who talks about taking the 1% steps every day, moving forward little by little to get what you want. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that Alex talks a lot about is those 1% wins every day. So let's get into this episode. Alex Manzi is a podcaster. He's a positivity and mindset coach. He's a speaker and a content creator. And Alex believes that most people are struggling with kind of um, self-imposed boundaries, which I guess is what we were just talking about. They've put them in their own way through repetitive thoughts and actions that they've taken. Um, and I think having overcome our own self-imposed boundaries, we tend to agree that, that that is a problem that a lot of people are facing. Uh, we talk with Alex about how he went from factory work to landing a job at BBC One Extra as their head of social media, which is an incredible story on its own, but Alex then pictured kind of much more for himself and actually gave up that amazing kind of dream job, quote unquote. And he's gone on to start the Dreamers Disease podcast, which has reached the top three in the iTunes self-help chart. But I think one of the clear things 
in talking to him is it's not those numbers that drive him. It's uh, it's really is helping people and in the messages of gratitude that he gets from the people that he helps that keep him going. In this episode, we talk about conquering depression, 1% wins and the importance of learning. Kids aren't learning in that way anymore. It's just not, it's just a fact. They're not because they, they're learning through watching things. They're learning through doing things, by making things, by creating things, by taking in people's content. They're not learning by sitting in a room and having someone talk to them for an hour. So very excited today to be joined by Alex Manzi, the uh, brains behind the Dreamers Disease podcast and all over brand and the Alex Manzi brand and just quite an inspiring person. And Alex, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. And so one of the things that I love about you is the fact that you have stepped away from what many people would consider like a dream job. Mm. So you were working at One Extra as their social media. Yeah, producer. So basically the person who was putting out most of the posts and the content and making the stuff and kind of doing all of that social media around Facebook page, Twitter page, Instagram, Snapchat when we were kind of using it. So yeah, yes, yeah, was there four and a half years and stepped away about five weeks ago now. And you, and you, I mean, you did love the job. Yeah, yes, hundred percent. And I still do. Like, I still, like, I'm still feeling like one extra is my home. But you know, a time comes where you have to move out, right? And that's, I kind of felt like I got to that stage of like I needed something fresh. And obviously, having the podcast and the kind of brand, and it's weird. You like saying the Alex Manzi brand. It's really weird because I think of it like that because I kind of I've, I've learned that I have to. But I've never heard someone else say it back to me. It sounded really weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like having all of that up and running, I wanted to just push it. And like we were just talking about off mic, like see where you can go with it, right? And just push it and push it and see where in five years time, eight years time, 10 years time it will be. And it's like, I find that really exciting and a bit of a challenge that I kind of needed because the one extra thing was great. It was amazing. Like literally once in a lifetime job, honestly. But I just like I said, I needed to to grow and do something different and I'm in a different space to when I started as well so it was important for me to just follow that that journey and you've always had that kind of that long-term vision of of looking I find it really interesting you say like oh eight years Mm. down the line like how like because I think I feel like a lot of people can't see past the end of next week yeah like how does that look for you like looking forward I think it's difficult right because I I need to learn to find the balance of it because I've spent a lot of my life worrying about what I'm going to be doing in five years, 10 years. And that's kind of done me a lot of harm mentally and emotionally over the years. So for me, it's really important to find that balance of actually, this is the direction I'm heading in. I want to get to in that, you know, time frame. but what can I do today and now to work towards that? So it's like finding that balance. But for me, it's important to have that vision beyond five, 10 years, you know, up to that kind of time frame. the really zoomed out, this is the direction and that's where I kind of want to be. But the most important thing for me is what can I do now today? Like I always talk about these 1% wins, like what's the 1% that you can do every day that when you add them up, they're going to get you to where you want to be later down the line and just concentrate on those 1% every day and just know that that end goal, that big picture is over there and just work on that 1%. Because that's what your life is really, isn't it? It's it's those combined habits every day. Yeah, exactly. And coming up with those kind of habits and routines and stuff is has been one of the most beneficial things I've ever done in my life and that's just speaking in a life general kind of sense let alone when you've got a big 
goal or a project that you want to work on and then you could actually how can I break this down into 1% every day? Yeah. Every day, I just concentrate on two or three tasks that I want to get done pushing forward to what I'm trying to get to. So it's just like, it makes it so much more easier to every day go, okay, cool, that's my 1%. Let me get that done. Next day, that's my 1%. Let me get that done. And when you add it all up over the course of a year, that difference is huge. Yeah, I think, well, so I, I heard you speak recently and that was the, the, the my kind of core take home for me. Throughout the talk, you were like, it's all it's it's hard work it's mm. a combination it's what you do every day it's all of these things and then the interviewer right at the end was give me your what are your top three tips for and i was just like oh my god you didn't understand that yeah. he's been talking for like 45 minutes yeah. about the importance of there is no hack and you and you answered it and you were you were yeah. very gracious in your response and you said oh well you need to be concentrating on this this and this but i just think the social media kind of world that we're living in at the moment everyone's looking for this quick fix mm. this quick hack of oh, what are your top tips for for doing this and it's there aren't any it's exactly. like concentrate on the one yeah. percent and, so and there's always going to be within that there's always going to be that anomaly who does go from like zero to a hundred thousand followers in two weeks or whatever or a month or whatever it is but for me it's not about you know and i do sometimes think oh you know my numbers aren't growing but that's just because i come from a social media background i'm kind of wired a bit like that but i'm more kind of thinking now okay, what is the value that I'm bringing to the people who follow me every day? What's the 1% I'm bringing to them? And that's what I just concentrate on is I'm now trying to post once, twice a day across three different accounts. So like my account, uh, the Dreamers Disease account, and then also I've got another podcast, which is about retro football shirts. So it's just like posting on that every day as well, just so you've got constant little things that just bring people value particularly the retro football shirts thing is a bit more fun but the dreams disease stuff and my stuff is actually trying to bring value like what's that little bit of motivation or inspiration that i might get to give to someone or, or show to someone what's the kind of thing that someone's going to be scrolling through their timeline in the morning or the evening and they see it and they go oh yeah yeah that makes that makes sense or oh that's made me feel a bit better about my day and it's trying to bring that every day and that's all i'm concentrating on I think that's really interesting and that's something that's always struck me about you is your giving side mm. and you're always want to be helpful to people you'll always reply to anyone who emails you dms yeah. you anything like that it's obviously really important to you so what's in it for you because i've been talking to a lot of like young people recently and i'm always trying to get so i've got my take on value yeah and i'm always trying to get across to them like provide the most value you can for your audience yeah. and that, and that's the kind of thing that I get back from them is oh well yeah but what's in it for me kind of thing talk a little bit about what it is that drives you to provide that value for people but it's kind of I guess there's two sides to it right so the first thing is time my value is my time same with everyone else it's the most valuable thing you can offer anyone so like me being here I want to give you my time because that's really valuable to me but for me coming here and offering it to you guys to have this recording right now I'm giving you something from it and I'm getting something from it in terms of hopefully someone hears this and they feel inspired to go and do something that they haven't done before or make a small change in their life. So that's really important. But the second thing is the real why is that one message that I might get, that one DM that I might get in a week out of however many that just says, I've watched you know, your video today and I was feeling really down and I was in a really bad place and it really helped me. Thank you for that. That's what I do it for. And I've said that so many times. That is honestly the reason I do it because that message means more to me than a thousand likes, than 
a thousand listens on a podcast on a million followers on Facebook or a hundred million views on a YouTube video or channel or whatever, like that one message is what means everything because that's not only showing that the value that I'm offering is doing the job that I want it to do, but it's meant that someone has taken that time out of their day, that value to say to me, this really helped me. Thank you. And that means a lot because that shows it's it's connected and it's done the, the job that I want it to do. Because when I was in that place, I didn't have that, that thing to turn to. I felt alone. I felt I was in this dark room and like no one was there to help. So for someone to be able to reach out and say, thank you, this video really spoke out to me. It really meant a lot. That's, I can't put a value on that, man. That's, I'd take that over like hundreds of millions of dollars or pounds or whatever. It's just, that means so much more to me. Where were you when you were in your dark room? Uh, in a very, very bad place. It's kind of come and gone throughout my 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 time, but I think the the most important thing within the situation is that I didn't actually realise where I was and that I was in that place. I was constantly feeling down and I had zero energy and my mind was running 100 miles an hour and I couldn't enjoy myself doing anything. Like I'd go out and I'd be with my friends and it looked like I was having, you know, fun with my mates and da da da. But inside I was dying and like falling apart. And I, like I said, I never knew it was happening. Like I just didn't know it was happening until I got to like a real breakdown moment where I broke down in front of an ex-girlfriend of mine and just literally broke down into tears. And that's when I kind of, it was actually the first time I said out loud, I don't feel like myself. That's all I kept saying was I don't feel like myself. And that's the moment where not just the recognition to myself, also admitting it out loud to someone else it was just like a huge relief and the tears weren't of like sadness the tears were actually like tears of of relief for actually having admitted it and recognizing it myself and that was like five six years ago now and that kind of whole journey up until now has been very long and very hard because you know you don't just break down and then wake up the next day and everything's great again you have to you have to go on that journey and that that two three years following that were probably the toughest and that's funny enough when I actually started the job at One Extra, which is why I said I'm in a different place now to where I was. The whole journey up until now has been very long and very hard because, you know, you don't just, whereas now, like, looking back, I, I know I was going through it a lot and I still wasn't speaking to anyone. You know, I tried therapy and it didn't work. So I, I kind of backed away from that. And I had to go through this period of, the way I kind of always describe it is looking at myself in a mirror, naked, having taken away all of my possessions, all of my material belongings, like all of the people in my life, like anything I have other than just me as a person, as a body, as a thing, a living, existing thing, and looking at myself and just going, what do you stand for? Who are you? And it's like questions that I couldn't answer. That's how it felt. It's like I couldn't answer who I was, what I was about, what did I value, what did I enjoy doing? So I had to go on this journey of rediscovering all of that, every single thing from like literally what type of movies do I like? What people do I like hanging out with? What kind of things do I like doing with my time? I actually, I do like reading, but I never thought I did like reading. You know, that kind of, I love to learn, but I always kind of told myself I didn't. So it's trying to rediscover all of these things from ground zero and building myself back up again, like slowly, slowly, brick by brick. Again, those 1%s, right? Brick by brick. So that whole process got me to the space where I was actually starting to feel instead of waking up and nine out of 10 days were like dark and horrible and I felt like shit, I was actually waking up and it was three out of 10 days like that instead of the nine. So I started to get, you know, and slowly that, you know, that balance 
the, the, the scales tipped over time in, you know, didn't you wake up and it was like, oh, it was just fine. But, and it, over that time period, it kind of, it tipped slowly the other way. And that's when I started to feel actually I am being me again. And that's when all of the other stuff has kind of been born out of it. You know, it's like what they say, a phoenix rises out of the fire, whatever the, the saying is. And that's kind of really how it felt. It's the idea of the podcast and everything kind of grew out of me having gone through all of that over a very, very, you know, and that, and that period probably started from maybe 19, I reckon, 18, 19, up until I was about 25. And that, like I said, that was five, six years ago. So it's like I'm 30 and I turned 30 last year at the back end of last year. And you know, you're told that you, you should dread your 30th birthday and like, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you're getting old. But I hit 30 in the best place I've ever been in mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I celebrated my 30th birthday. That is the beginning of a new me. Never mind, oh, I'm getting old. And da -da. it was like, no, this is the beginning of a new me. And my life's only going to get better from here. And I've got, you know, 30 years more plus, maybe 60 years more to do and learn everything I've kind of learned in my first 30 years all over again and double it. That was really exciting to me. Inspiring, man. So yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of certainly like young people, definitely the people that we're talking to on a daily basis are mm. so worried about, I mean, they're, they're 22, 23 and they don't realize how much more life they have ahead of them and mm. how much more they'll be able to achieve in that time. Yeah, I think it's really, it's really scary for people and, and certainly like that time period of, of 19 to 25, I went through a total funk during that mm. time, like didn't know what I was doing. I was painting graffiti and that was not seen by most general society as a good or positive thing. Yeah, yeah. Just being sort of hated for the artwork you're making is like, it's not a good place to be in. Yeah. And yeah, that having that reborn moment. So what would you say to someone who doesn't, who relates to that term like I don't feel like myself like what are what are the first steps to to getting out of that I think like I said you have to ask yourself those tough questions of who are you really take away all of the bravado all of the Instagram followers or all of the whatever look at yourself as a person and literally ask yourself who you are and that's if you can't ask yourself that question I mean so if you can't answer that question for yourself then you're probably not in the place you need to be in or, or, or could be in then work forward from there and like rediscover those things because you know we live our lives on other people's time on other people's you know the way society tells us we should live and you know the things we have to do and go to schools and unis to get your degrees to get this job you know you didn't do a good degree in like painting walls did you it's like and look where you are today you know i didn't do a degree in anything <laughs> let alone social media courses or anything like that but it got to me to a certain stage or like podcasts like I didn't go and do a course on learning how to set up a podcast but I just learned it myself and did it and ran with it so it's like find those things that you really are passionate about that you really care about and just stop caring what other people think because it, it really is irrelevant for the first time in a long time the other day I let someone else's mood dictate my mood and that felt shit because I haven't done that for a long time. And it was, you know, I got a message from someone that was kind of not upsetting, but they were upset with me about something I'd done that they kind of misconstrued. And it kind of affected my mood for the whole day, probably even like the whole two days, like so that day and the day after. And I realized that and I thought, fuck, like I haven't done that in a long time. Like, why have I let that happen? 
we live our lives actually letting other people's moods dictate how we should feel it's like no everything we should feel should come from inside us and it's like if you don't if you don't feel like that you don't have those good feelings inside then nothing on the outside is going to feel as good do you know what i mean and there's like another metaphor i always say it's we live in this exterior world you know i was saying all the material things all the social media follows all this that and the other and we let that dictate who we are but the second that kind of gets hit or cracked or dented or chipped the whole thing comes tumbling down because it's just an outer shell like an egg like if you if you hit an egg with a spoon the whole thing just collapses whereas if it's like um a boiled egg for example right and now that solid foundation is there because that's that's the core that's the thing holding it together rather than the shell the second that shell now gets a, a hit with a spoon or a crack or a dent just a little bit of it falls away instead of the whole thing because the inside of it is so solid so it's like you should actually concentrate on that for you what is that core what is your why what is your you have to be a boiled egg yeah you have to basically live your life like a boiled egg that's a t-shirt right there (laughs) should put it on t-shirt actually but it's like you know what i mean it's like having that that feeling of full understanding of yourself and full kind of knowledge that it doesn't matter what happens in the outside world that it's not going to affect you as much as it probably would have previously and that's that's the most important thing is like knowing yourself so well and what you're about that nothing else can can knock you or, or make you feel down or, or anything like that. You can just live and just get on with your life, you know. So since you've you've left One Extra, you've been doing sort of a lot of like freelance work, done a lot of work for the BBC with yeah. um, with various sort of social media things. Being that numbers are do seem to be so important for for social media and in terms of like your business and your brand, the numbers definitely do matter in terms of yeah. like the listens and and the attention that that you're receiving in terms of those metrics how do you balance chasing the numbers as a and at the same time not letting the numbers affect you in a in a negative way mentally i think it's about the numbers only matter to other people right because the other people will be like oh you've got 10,000 followers on instagram oh well now i might want to sponsor you or oh, your podcast gets 10,000 listeners a month or well, I'm going to give you some money for whatever or you can now have this guest who's got however many followers. It's like the Matrix. People are like using numbers to build a picture of like the real world. It's not, it doesn't matter. And so I do get caught in that. I do get caught up in that quite a lot. Like, But I'm also very aware that I'm getting caught up in it. So I can then push back on that and say, no, actually the value is in the content. The value is in the people who are listening not the people who could potentially be listening i want to bring the value to the people who come back every week every month to listen to the podcast to see my videos on instagram to like my quotes to whatever it is they're the people i want to bring the value to and if they might introduce that to a friend fine so be it then you slowly build and build and build but like i said it's a slow process no one's going to go from well some people do but it's like a very small percentage chance go from zero to a hundred straight away it's like you have to build something over time people might look at you guys and go oh my god you've got all this and however many people that work and you do all these things and you've got this office space but you started this eight years ago <laughs> where were those people eight years ago they weren't anywhere like you had to build it's not like you woke up one day and thought oh do you know what i'm gonna go and buy a studio space and set up an office and have this company you had to work towards it and it's having that again it's that having that long-term vision but just focusing on those those daily things and those small things because those there's there's a lot a lot of value in those small wins probably arguably more than in in what people see as the big wins there's more value in those small wins because over time they bring you a lot more 
as one, just one big thing does because that's just a big anomaly or a spike or, you know, however you want to look at it, that may not be a realistic view of where you're at. It just might be something that just happened by chance or by luck or for an opportunity. But if you build everything slowly, slowly, step by step with quality, with quantity, you know, with the right message, the right purpose or whatever you want to call it, then, you know, you can never do wrong. It doesn't matter if you've got a hundred followers or a thousand or a hundred thousand or a million. It doesn't matter. Like when I set up the podcast, I'd have been happy with 10 people listening. I'd have been ecstatic with a hundred people listening. I would never have thought in a million years that some of my episodes would have been getting like thousands of listens. Never. But it, it happens because that's just how the course of it has run. But I, I didn't plan for it. I would have liked it, of course, because it makes me feel good and it's something you can shout about. But it's not like I went out and said, right, I'm going to do this, this and this to get this many thousand followers on this interview. It just happened. You just got to let it happen sometimes rather than trying to force it and focus on it. So by focusing on your existing audience and providing as much value yeah. as you can to them rather than going out and chasing the audience, yeah. out, that's basically how you've grown. Yeah, like I've got a very steady like followers on Instagram. I've got a very steady number of people who listen to the podcast, a very steady number of people who are signed up to my newsletter. And you know all of these things, slowly, slowly, they're growing little bit by little bit by little bit. But I'm not like trying to force it to grow. Obviously, there's some things you can do to try and help that. I'm not focusing solely on, oh, how can I get to like 10,000 listens in a month or whatever, 10,000 downloads in a month. I'm just cool. What's the next step? Like how can, what's the next evolution of the podcast to bring that extra value to the people who do listen? Because at the end of the day, if people like something, they're going to tell someone about it. They're going to show it to someone. If they like a video on Instagram, they'll share it with their friend. I do it all the time with my mates and it's more like jokey stuff or football related stuff. Like we send each other stuff because we like it and we want to share it with our friends. People will do that. And if those people then want to come and check out what you're about and what you do, they might follow you, they might not. They might just like a post and move on. That's just how it works. You've got to remember people are very fickle online as well. It takes them like two seconds to make a decision whether they like something or less probably, or they want to follow or whatever it is. It's hard, it's hard work. So don't put all of your eggs in that basket. Using eggs again as the metaphor. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't, don't put all your eggs in that basket. Just like it's there it's part of it it's part of the picture it's part of the picture it's not the whole picture do you know what I mean someone might say oh yeah but you, you know one of your episodes got 500 listens it's like yeah cool it might have got 500 listens but you don't know how much work went into creating that thing for 500 people to listen to it and that's amazing whereas like some episodes like I said have had like nearly 5,000 listens and it's like Again, you don't know how much work went into making that so that it got 5,000 people listening to it. There's a, It's the same amount of work in, in the exact same thing. It's just the outcome is a little bit different. And that doesn't bother me. Like, it's fine. Like, it happens. But it's, it's actually the, the work that I'm putting into it that matters. The value that I'm listening, like what are people taking from the podcast episodes? What can they learn from that episode? What can they learn from, you know, what I'm posting on Instagram? What can they learn from me by DMing me or whatever or emailing me? That's, you know, by me being here talking to you guys, like, well, what can people learn? That is where the value is, not in the numbers. So I think people learn from watching what other humans have done. Hmm. And as soon as they then realize what's possible because someone else has done it, it kind of, it shows them, it shows them that possibility, which like just opens everything up. Yeah, yeah. And I think what I know about your story, that's certainly what, what happened with you. Like how was, how was school for you? Horrible experience in the sense that 
never really got on with it. I think it didn't really facilitate my learning ability. Like I've never been someone who's been good at learning by sitting in a room, listening to someone talk and studying. It just didn't roll with me. I only learn by doing. Like like I said earlier, like I learned how to do the podcast by doing the podcast, not by like going on a course and learning about it. And it's the same with every skill I've got, video editing, photography, social media, podcasting, public speaking, running events, doing workshops, like all of that stuff I've ever done. I've never gone and learned about it. I've just done it and learned on, on the way. Because I learned so much quicker than that. And in school, and at the time, obviously I wouldn't have known this, but in school, I wasn't given that opportunity to to learn by doing. It was like learn by being told or learn by the school system. There's a big flaw in that system because I started secondary school, for example, in 1999 and I left in 2006, right? So already that's a seven year period. It's now 2018, so that's another 12 years on top of that. How much has that school system and that curriculum changed in that, I can't even do the math, there, 19 year, nearly 20 year period? It hasn't. How much has the world changed in 1999 compared to now People barely even had mobile phones. Do you know what I mean? They had black and white screens and you had to type AAA to get the letter, uh, 111 to get the letter C and then like duh, 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 to get letter G and we didn't have touch screens and cameras and you can shoot in 4K on your phone. You can edit on your phone. You, we didn't have all of that stuff and it's like we didn't have social media either and we didn't have so many things but the school system isn't changing to adapt to the way that kids are taking in information and learning and living their lives it's it's staying as rigid as it has ever been and even before i would have started secondary school when people started 10 15 years before me it's probably still exactly the same so it's like there's a big flaw in it because kids aren't learning in that way anymore they're just not it's just a fact they're not because they they're learning through watching things they're learning through doing things by making things by creating things by taking in people's content they're not learning by sitting in a room and having someone talk to them for an hour and and sitting there and reading a textbook about like what happened in the tudor times memorizing facts and regurgitating exactly like just to get an exam result that's all an exam is is a memory test it's like it's nothing else so it's a memory test like i got a b in german can i remember any german now no so what did did i learn i learned nothing i learned how to pass the exam i i passed them the german memory test it's ridiculous like you're not being taught anything practical like how to cook how to do your taxes when you leave school how to do a cv how to you know actual life skills how to do your banking you're not taught any life skills you're just taught like nonsense which is fine because some people do want to learn it but if you really want to learn that stuff about the tudors and about how to learn german you can go and do that elsewhere it hasn't benefited me in any way the only thing it benefited me in is i met some of the best people i know now in school realistically so that's like the long answer. <laughs> Short answer is it was crap. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you so you leave school and you have like a self talk of I'm not a learner. I'm not good. I'm not good at learning. Yeah. Like and and now like you, I would say you very much identify as being a learner. Yeah. Like wh- where did that change happen? So like when I left school, I actually made probably the most mature decision I've ever made in my life. When I was eighteen, well, when I was in year twelve before final year. I'd already made the decision I didn't want to go to uni. I wanted to go straight into work because I was eager to learn. I was eager to do something. I was, I was eager to get out into the world. Like I didn't want to spend another four years, three years in a school system, not learning and going out and getting drunk and partying. Like it sounds great. Don't get me wrong. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to, to get out in the world. I wanted to like 
do something with myself. Do you know what I mean? I was sick of this system I'd been in since I was six. And I mean, like, you can go out and party and not get yourself £40,000 in debt. So exactly. there's and other ways of doing it. Yeah, so it's exactly what I did. Like I, I, I went and worked, but I guess the, the transition came where was, everything I've kind of done through my career, there's always been a hook on something that I've been passionate about. The way I got into One Extra was that at the time I was working in a factory and it was a factory that was funnily enough making blank canvases and I was the guy who would be putting the canvases together so I'd like put the frame together cut the cloth to size stretch the cloth onto the canvas blah 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 and I hated it because it wasn't what I imagined I'd be doing it wasn't anything that I thought I'd be doing by any stretch of the imagination and, and just to jump in like for anyone who seeing what is possible like this is someone who was working in a factory that then started working for one of the biggest companies in the world operating their social media. Like yeah. that's incredible. So if there is anyone who's listening right now that is working in a factory and doesn't see the future, yeah. like you've done it. So it's, yeah. it's possible. But also if someone came to me and said at that time, oh, don't worry, because in five years time, you're going to be working at the BBC for one extra, like running their social media accounts. I would have told them to do one. I would have you're having a laugh. Like, what are you talking about? How, how's that even possible? That's what I would have thought. But the way it started was I started a music blog with my one of my best, well, two of my best mates, Moz and Joe. And this music blog enabled us to follow a passion in the music world that we we had. And it was like, we were blogging every day about the latest videos, the latest, you know, whatever albums have come out, whatever it was. And then we started doing events, regular club nights in, in Shoreditch. And from that, I then got my next job, which was an events and marketing job, because I already had the passion for events. So I had a friend who, um, actually my cousin, who introduced me to a friend who had this small events and marketing company. And I kind of went in there as an intern and I worked for them, you know, after the intern period for like a year and a half. And then I left there and then I went and got a job in advertising because this music and events that allowed me to get the job, sorry, this the, the blog and the events allowed me to get a job in an events and marketing company. Once I had that experience, I then managed to get a job doing TV production at an advertising agency because I kind of understood a content production through the, through the blog and making YouTube stuff and whatever, but also the marketing and working alongside brands. I managed to get a job in an advertising agency. And then after that, the one extra job came up and obviously that was social media, music, knowledge of the scene, knowledge of blah, blah, blah. And I, I could showcase all of that through the music blog mainly and the experience I had in a corporate world as it were, or however you want to look at it in a big company environment I had through my working life. So you put the two together and it equaled the one extra job. So it's like that journey just happened. Like I didn't plan it out. I didn't go, right, I'm going to do this and that, and then I'm going to get to here and then I'm going to do it. Like I said, I was just a kid who worked in a factory and had no clue where I was going or what I was doing. And I was very unhappy through that whole period as well. Remember what I said earlier, like that whole period, I was very unhappy. Although it got me to a really good position in life, and I'm very thankful for that. For that, It wasn't something that was fulfilling me at the same time. <laughs> it, was, it was this amazing journey, but at the same time, I wasn't fulfilled by it. I was enjoying it, but that's different to fulfillment, right? You can enjoy going out and having a laugh with your mates, but that's not necessarily fulfilling you. Then fight, going on that journey was another thing. It was another step. And it's all just steps along the way. And that's why I'm like, I literally tweeted the other day and I put it on my Insta as well saying, if I could go back in time and like speak to myself 10 years ago, I'd literally just say, don't worry, everything just pans out and you'll be exactly where you need to be and exactly where you should be in 10 years. And if I knew that, I would have put myself through so much less stress and worry and pain and 
just horrible shit and just got on with my life and just tried to enjoy it a bit more. That whole journey is just, just a bit mad really. And we don't really see it like that too often. I think we can only look back at it and, and reflect on it. But I want people to understand that that good stuff is coming. You know, you will pass those exams. You will get that dream job. You will meet that person who you'll marry and be your BFF for life. You will go on the travels you want to go on. You will go on that dream holiday. It will all come. It's just not going to happen right now, but it will come when it's going to happen. I think even if you don't pass the exams or you don't meet that person, if you put the work in, then the rewards come. It's just they don't come tomorrow. Yeah. They come like a long yeah. way down the road. Yeah. And the thing is, a lot of people might be listening to this like, oh my God, you chat so much nonsense. Like, it's not possible. But I'm telling you, like, I've lived it for experience. I've been through everything in my life through like amazing holidays to like fucking breaking down in front of my girlfriend to like feeling like shit, to having thoughts of like, what am I even doing here? To like everything, everything, everything. Like, it's, it's so mad. I feel like I've lived more than one life already. I would never in a million years thought any of it was possible. Ever. Never. Like, I always had big aspirations for myself and I always wanted to like work in media or advertise and that was always kind of the plan but after working in a factory for like two and a half years and like not having a job a year before that that was three and a half years of my life that felt like gone down the pan and I was only 21 <laughs> do you know what I mean 22 or whatever so I would never in a million years thought it was possible I would have thought I'm stuck in this rut for the rest of my life but you have to work forward out of it slowly it's like quicksand like you can't just like you know struggle about and get out of it you have to like whatever they say like stay still and like move slow or whatever it's the same thing it's like you're never just going to get through life at the speed of like light yeah it takes time that's why we get 70 80 years to do it so it, it takes all that time you know what's next for you next for me is concentrating more on building up the business around dreamers disease so it's now starting to take it from beyond just the podcast and into bringing value in other areas. So that might be workshops, it might be coaching programs, it might be online webinars, it might be merch, it might, I've got some t-shirts that'll be coming out soon. It might be more live podcast recordings and events. It might be a book, it might be, you know, there's so many different facets to it. And I'm just kind of actually wrote up the other day, like the plan of, the different stages and levels that I think things will fit in within the brand. And it's now working towards each of those and kind of making those small 1% every day to start working towards, you know, if I want to do a workshop, it's not going to, I'm not just going to have a workshop next week. I need to look ahead and go, okay, let me aim for, let's say December, for example. Okay, cool. That gives me two months. So let's work backwards. What's the 1%? How do I need to get get going on that? Okay, I need to find a venue. So, okay, how do we find a venue? okay, let's start reaching out to some venues that are the right size and the right kind of area I want. Once you've got that, you then do the next, what's the next 1%, what's the next 1%, you know, and working forward. So it's all like building this this brand around the podcast. The podcast is always going to exist, always going to exist. That's always going to be the fundamental entry point, as, as it were, and like the free content for people to just take and get whatever they want from it, whenever they want, however they want. You know, I don't care if they listen to an episode once or halfway through or they go back and listen to it five times and take notes and notes and notes. Like however they want to take that content, they that's there for them. The newsletter is free, the content I put on my Instagram is free. But it's like now how do I, like I said, elevate all of that and what's the next level above that in terms of 
those people who are really invested and do want to learn more, do want to discover more, what's the next thing that I'm able to offer? You know, what's the next bit of value I've got for them? Plan those little like pockets of value for people. And who should listen to your podcast? Anyone who A, wants to be inspired and B, anyone who wants to just better themselves. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, living a life that you think is 10 out of 10 amazing. Like there's always better you can do for yourself. And it doesn't matter if you're living a life that's one out of 10, then you feel, you know, you, there's not a lot going for you. You can always better yourself. So it's about, it's more about a journey of self-discovery than it is about anything else. And the way that's done is through hearing, A, hearing people's stories and how they've got on their journey and what they've learned and kind of things that have inspired them along the way. But B, there's another part within the podcast called In Focus Sessions where it's just me talking about one subject at a time for five to eight minutes. It might be about meditation. It might be about the benefits of positive thinking. It might be me explaining more about the 1% rule. It might be, you know, whatever it is. So there's little nuggets of things that people can learn from it. And it's all geared to just helping you build a clearer picture for yourself. No one else, a clearer picture for yourself so that you can try and live your life a bit more free and a bit more with a bit more enjoyment and to like a, a optimum level and have have like a, a feeling of just positivity in you and around you all the time and just feel inspired to go and do something or try something different or like you know challenge yourself or try to just do things that make you feel good or whatever it is and it's that that's who it's kind of geared to and that's to me that's anyone <laughs> right Wicked. So where can uh, these guys find you online? So the podcast you can find on any platform where you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this right now, just search Dreamers Disease. On Instagram, you can find me at I am Alex Manzi. On Instagram, you can also find the Dreamers Disease page, which is the underscore Dreamers Disease. And if you like football, you can check out Retro Football Shirt Pod on Insta as well. And all the links are there for the podcast too. Wicked. Thank you, dude. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We're trying to help a lot of people with this show, so we need your help to grow the community and spread our message. If you know someone who'd benefit from hearing what we talked about today, or they just need a little nudge in the right direction, pass this podcast on to them. If you want to hear more, then subscribe to us on iTunes. And if we helped you with anything, we'll really love you forever if you can leave us an iTunes review. It makes a huge difference. See ya. See ya.